frankly, that's really what I'm looking forward to right now is just having an opportunity to get away, to see family, to see some friends, see some new places that we haven't seen before. And yeah, just feel a little bit of something different because even though we've been taking as we can some local trips around here in Portugal to cities that of course we haven't been to because we've only been here about a year and a half. On the other hand, it doesn't feel that different. And I think I just crave a little adventure, even though America is not that adventurous for me, at least it's something different. So that's yeah. what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And if you, if you travel as much as like we do and it's part of your life and it's important when you're not traveling, it really does leave this kind of void you know yeah. i feel like you're missing out on something so important travel is a, a privilege right and i think we used to take it for granted we won't take it for granted so much anymore but it if you're used to traveling regularly it's a strange feeling to be to be stuck somewhere and yeah. uh, i think he, just the fact that you're not allowed to travel makes you even more determined you know yeah. <laughs> it would be nice to just get back to the way it was before i think people are going to sort of move a bit more towards spending longer in a destination, spending less time in airports, right. spending less time taking taking planes, basically. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, yeah, and I see that people hiring vans uh, or buying vans even and driving all over the US and all over Europe. That's taking off <laughs> big time. So it's a massive thing, van life, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. It does seem like it's picked up and people are more interested in that concept. And I think as things become or continue to become more remote friendly, um, whether that's inside, you know, the country inside the US, for example, like you mentioned, or around Europe, where you can, uh, yeah, I think that's just going to be something that continues to take off. I haven't done it myself, but it looks like fun. Yes, yeah, certainly does. Well, you could do it in Portugal, it would be, it would be a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you know, I mean, you can drive from Portugal to China, I mean, really, when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, once you're there, you, you've got access to everything as long as you just keep going. But anyway, Portugal, why did you choose Portugal to base yourself in? Yeah, so I guess to give a little bit of context, because I think that helps to frame it. Um, okay. So I'm originally from the US. I was born and raised there and went to university there. And uh, I had this big interest in Japan, which I could get into. But basically, I studied Japanese a ton. I was really interested in culture and the language and all of that good stuff. And took a while for me to finally make it there, but um, yeah, skipping some stuff along the way after a couple years uh, out of university, I finally had the opportunity to work in Japan. So I left uh, the US in 2014, went to Tokyo for two years, I had just an amazing time. Uh, but actually for my career, essentially, I left Japan, uh, went to Berlin, Germany to work at some startups there, uh, English language jobs. So that the, and, and of course, a very cool city. So I thought that was a good next step. And I, I was there for three years. That's where I w met my wife, who actually is Japanese, but uh, has an interest in Germany and kind of Europe as well. So we met there in Berlin, got married, and then, which is why, uh, yeah, my parents came out in June of 2019. And we were kind of just thinking about where it was next for us. So I guess that's skipping a lot of the backstory. But basically, we um, didn't want to go to our home countries. We wanted to continue traveling, continue to be living abroad. And as to why Portugal, so when we were early in that conversation, it was kind of like, okay, Germany's not the final place for us. So where's next, at least? I guess you never know where the final place is. Yeah. Hopefully life is long, uh, but you know, you never know that either. But yeah. at least we thought, well, Germany's probably not the final spot. So where's next for us? And my first 
uh, my first answer was, how about Vietnam? Because I, I had visited okay. Vietnam and I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I loved that trip, but of course I only saw it as, as a tourist. Um, but I thought, well, that would be really interesting and adventurous. And she said, uh, I mean, kind of, she's interested in the region, but she's like, well, why don't we try living in Portugal? And she had heard some cool things. She had seen pictures I'd actually visited. So I did a trip around Europe, a train trip in 2014 before moving to Japan and finding that job. And so, uh, at the end of my trip, I had gone to Portugal and I really liked it. It was one of the few cities, maybe because it was at the end of my trip as well, but when you go for a couple of days, like you were saying, you don't do as much quick travel. I was doing a huge quick travel trip from city to city during that time. And so a lot of it kind of fades in the background. It kind of blurs together. But Portugal, also Berlin as well, for that matter. But Portugal, um, Lisbon and Porto had stuck in my mind. And I remembered the good experience that I had visiting. So I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. So we decided to take a trip together in 2018. We, we did, I think, three days in Porto, four days in Lisbon, something like that, maybe four and three, I can't remember. But we just came back and we thought, this is this is the spot. This is amazing. We loved the you know nice, warm people, fr very friendly, English speaking at a high level, uh, great weather, great food, and just just felt like super comfortable. You know, we just came back and thought, this is the spot. So it took some time. Um, it took actually about a year in total. But I got laid off from my job in Berlin, and then my wife was finishing her program, which was basically a traineeship at a German bakery. Uh, so yeah, she was doing the crazy baking hours, you know, from midnight yeah. or 1 a.m., 3 a.m. Um, so she was a little tired of that, but also wrapping up that program. And then we were kind of just deciding where it was next. So I was interviewing for a number of different positions. At the time, I was doing product management at software companies, and it just turned out that the job that I got that made the most sense for us was here in Porto. So that's what brought us out in November of 2019. So it's been just over a year and a half. Porto versus Lisbon. <laughs> Which yeah, is better? No, it's, good. it's a good question because a lot of people definitely everybody, ask that one. Everybody yeah, everyone asks wants to know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So taking it, you're going to say Porto? Yeah. Or? So I, yeah. I will say that the decision was kind of made for me because the job was here. So it yeah. wasn't that I came down to it and just you know, flipped a coin or something like that. But when I was looking at it too, or when we were looking at it, it was, it was a difficult decision that we, I think we always thought that Porto was maybe a little more beautiful or something like that. I mean, all of this is subjective, but we kind of liked the vibe here. On the other mm -hmm. hand, I thought there's probably more international English speaking job opportunities in Lisbon. And so when it came down to it and I got the job here in Porto, was more than happy to, you know, take that opportunity because then I got, even if I might have had potentially trouble um, finding another job, if I had gone down that route instead of started my business or rather made it more official. Yeah, uh, we came out here and just thought, yeah, that's great. And then we visited Lisbon quite a few times since then. And I can say now with some sort of perspective and having lived in Porto that I'm really happy that we're in Porto. And of course, Lisbon is three and a half hours by bus. So not the closest, but not that far either. And we go there periodically for a long weekend or something like that. And it's great to be able to have that close enough to be able to, to make the trip. But to actually live here, I think, is great. And I don't know how it is to live outside of Lisbon and Qashqaish and some of these other areas that people often move to. But mm. what I realized is that, and I was coming from, again, from Tokyo, from uh, Berlin, but what we were leaving in Berlin was a bit of 
um, the weather, some of the coldness, coldness of the weather, a bit of the coldness of the people. I mean, of course, this is a stereotype or a generalization, but um, that's what we were kind of leaving behind in this big city, a bit dirty DIY kind of punkish scene, which at the first at the beginning was great, but after a couple of years got a little bit old. And I think going to a city, especially here in Matosinhos, which is like a small beach town outside of Porto, yeah, we were just able to kind of slow down, take it easier, um, learn to kind of go with the flow. And it's it's cleaner, it's nice, people are super welcoming and friendly. And we don't have the, like we, we have Lisbon close enough, but we don't have the big kind of bit dirtier, crazier, more populated, busy city at our doorstep. So I think it's nice to have a little bit of distance as well. I prefer Porto, well, with my limited experience. Um... I think Porto is a nicer city. Seems kind of cleaner, a bit easier to get around, and yeah. less of the kind of DIY grunge vibe that you mentioned. Like in in Berlin, there's a bit of that in Lisbon. Although Lisbon's right. probably a more exciting, you know, gritty city. So it depends yeah. on what you want. Yeah. If I was twenty, I would go to Lisbon for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's it's a change in um, you know, li- yeah, difference in lifestyle and life stage rather. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, when I was uh, younger, of course, jumping into Tokyo, jumping into Berlin was perfect. But I think after that experience, now that I've had that, I know that I'm looking for something a little different. And of course, a little slower, more quiet married life is different from the party party ages of of young years. (laughs) Yeah. So keeping on this team, Porto versus, um, well, I'm not sure where you lived in Japan, but Tokyo. Was it Tokyo? Yeah, in Tokyo. Uh, So Porto versus Tokyo. completely um, different cities i'm sure totally different yeah 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 it is it's a tough one because i I think it does play a lot into or it does rely a lot on the fact of where i was in my life and of course as i mentioned my big dream of living in japan so for me the entire time i was basically pinching myself i couldn't you know (laughs) believe that i had made it to to the big city in japan and um yeah i i think what i loved about it was just and what I do miss a bit about living here now, it, it's just the the pro and con of the you know big metropolis versus the small beach mm. town, is that in Tokyo there was just so much to explore, yeah. and of course if you're an active um, you know kind of walker or explorer or adventurer even in your own city, I've, I saw so much of that. There's always so much more. It's a giant you know giant city, but. Mm. Um, I kind of felt like, I guess my thing is whenever I leave a city, I want to feel like I've seen it, I've experienced it, I've done the things that I want to do. I checked the items off of my kind of sort of city or country bucket list. Um, like, for example, only I think three, two or three weeks before I left Japan for Germany, uh, also, you know, took the trip up to like climbed up Mount Fuji. So, you know, that was always in the list. And it's like, okay, let's get that done. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it was just so cool to be able to have these small alleyways and small places to see. And there was just so much great people watching and things like that. It doesn't mean that I don't get that here, but it's, you know, it took it took many months, you know, or the whole two years that I was there to really try to figure out Tokyo. Whereas here, maybe it took a couple weeks or something to kind of get my bearings and figure out yeah. what's what and what where the... You know, there's still a lot of restaurants and, and stores and things that I haven't been into or haven't tried, but I've kind of found my spots rather quickly. So there's a, there's definitely less adventure in my life here now, which I guess is why I'm also feeling the 
the pain of the lost adventure from from uh, you know recent memory. Sometimes you need a base city. Mm -hmm. This is the way I feel, uh, like a city to live in where you're not completely stimulated all the time and yeah. you can kind of get your work done and relax and turn your brain off for a little while because, yeah. uh, you know, certain cities that you go to, it's just in the intensity can weigh down after a while. And yeah. I, yeah. I think Porto's got lots in it um, and it's a, it's a beautiful city and there's plenty of things to do and see, but it's not obviously i've never been to tokyo but um it's not on that level at all um right, right. but there, i'm just asking those kind of silly versus questions because i see a lot of them on uh, youtube there's some <laughs> people i follow on youtube and they seem to have them every day it's like sofia bulgaria versus budapest hungary and it's like they're completely different i mean they just happen to be yeah. sort of eastern europe well hungry right. debatable but there's so many factors involved there's really just so many factors involved it depends on your age what you what you're interested in how much money you have so you you can't yeah. you could probably compare compare suburbs in a city but comparing one city to another especially right. major cities like this is very hard um yeah I'm, it's definitely difficult to um to compare even countries outside of just you know, yeah. what I try to do a little bit with, with some clients that are thinking about which country that they might want to move to is to mm -hmm. give them a sort of a data-driven approach and, of course, use some of the more reliable rankings and things like that for different, yeah. but, of course, on a variety of different aspects and metrics. But then as well, you know, looking at some of the figures around safety and, you know, burglaries and things like that for people mm. that are concerned about those things. But it's just, it's really hard to say, well, how is the weather in this country versus that country? Well, like here, you know, the big difference, I guess, that I didn't mention between Porto and Lisbon as an example is the, the weather in Lisbon is just generally known, and I think thought to be much better than it is in Porto. However, um, I think Porto gets a really bad rap on the weather because generally it's very good, but then you'll get a day like today, which it's not bad, but it's we're in the middle of, you know, near the end of July and it's quite kind of gray out, which yeah. is not too uncommon here. And it, you know, is probably around 20 degrees Celsius. So it's fine, you know, and I just put on a long sleeve. But I guess if people want to be nice and, and toasted and roasting during the summer and always in flip flops and shorts and short sleeves, which is probably what you might get more of in Lisbon, then I can understand, you know, people picking mm. that. But but it's, it's hard to even say, well, what is the weather like in Porto? Because it, there's so many beautiful days. You know, I'm just picking one today that's mm. maybe not ideal. But, yeah, I would say, like, if you want, you know, to get up in the, the 30s and, you know, mid-30 degrees uh, Celsius temperatures, then maybe down south or, or for that matter, going into Spain, uh, different parts of Spain. But even then, you know, the north versus the south of almost any country is going to be quite different. So Very different, yeah. And you mentioned uh, that you take that data-driven approach to finding a place or a country or a city for your clients. That's a nice segue, I guess, to maybe talking about your business. Do you want to give me sure. the, or we'll give the listeners, because I already know, uh, your 60-second <laughs> pitch on Expat Empire. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, so, yeah, so my business is called Expat Empire. Basically, the idea is to inspire and help people to move all around the world. We try to help anyone move anywhere, obviously, as best as we can. We are not, uh, you know, the immigration officers and things like that. But 
we try to give as much advice as we can to people that are looking to, for example, find a new job abroad, um, start their international careers or become digital nomads and naturally people that are retiring abroad as well. And so, yeah, uh, we help people look at different destinations in terms of countries or cities, different potential visa routes and options for them, uh, put together personalized timeline sort of checklist of all the things they need to do between now and when they settle into the country, um, help them prepare and find jobs abroad, do coaching and uh, work with our network of partners around the world to help people with their tax situation or their visas or finding housing, things like that. So yeah, we kind of try to do everything we can to help people move abroad from the very beginning of the process all the way till they're settled in the new country. So if anyone's interested, they can definitely check out expatempire.com and uh, get some of our free resources there, eBooks and things like that, or just schedule a consultation with me and just uh, you know hear more about your plans. Give, we can give some advice back to you and see if it might make sense for us to work together in some capacity. Yeah, I'll link to that. And your website is really good. And there's plenty of excellent information. It also looks really good. So congratulations on that. Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> it's good, good to hear from someone who has uh, some yeah <laughs> digital marketing chops because yeah, I don't yeah. know, I've heard, I've heard from, from others before. I mean, both good and sort of like, well, why don't you just use, uh, you know, Squarespace or Wix or one of these? And I'm like, you know, everyone looks the same at that point. So trust me, don't go to Wix or Squarespace. You're good. You're <laughs> good. A good portion of uh, my income over the last few years has been moving people from Wix to and Squarespace to <laughs> WordPress nice. because they're supposed to be easy to use, but they're not and all that kind of good stuff. So stay where you are. <laughs> it looks <laughs> fine. I mean, it's clear. It's simple. When I arrive, you've got the tagline at the top. We'll help you move to the country you've been dreaming about. Perfect. I immediately know what you're about. It's clear. You've obviously put a lot of effort into um, the kind of copywriting on this. And um, your clients are, am I right to say that they're mostly from the United States? Yeah, I mean, definitely a um, few cl other clients from other countries, but I guess that is definitely the bulk of the clientele so far. And I, yeah. I'm sure it's a mix of, or I would imagine, I guess, that it's a mix of that being my personal experience. Of course, all the content on the website's in English, so that, you mm -hmm. know, as far as what people are searching for, uh, you know, uh, people from Italy might be searching Italian, things like this. Um, so there's probably a limited number of countries to, to, that might, you know, immediately find us on that front. Mm. And then also just the fact that a lot of Americans just need help from a visa point of view or kind of figuring out what the process yeah. is like and questions around taxation, around healthcare, around all of these topics. So sure. I'm glad to be able to, yeah, help people do that. And I guess what I've seen is mostly Americans wanting to move to Europe. And again, that might just be because I'm also here in Portugal, but um, it's an interesting thing to find, yeah. And Americans generally, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is my understanding, is um, Americans generally come in on the golden visa. Is that right? Or yeah, the, uh, yeah the, some people the do D1, that. D7, D1, I might be Right, right. Yeah, the D7, yeah, exactly. D7, I think, yeah, yeah it's, it's a good mix. Um, I would say probably for people who are wondering whether they should go for which one, I mean, most people end up going for the D7 because the you know, income requirements, let alone the investment requirements of the golden visa um, are quite high depending on your okay. perspective or your financial situation. Um, but it's a great option for the folks that have um, have the means, the financial means to do that. But I think, yeah, most people are coming in with the D7 visa and maybe they're 
having income coming in from abroad, whether through a business or, of course, through their retirement accounts and things like that, that as long as you kind of, I think the sort of rule of thumb is around 20,000 euros uh, annually of income. Um, that's more rule of thumb. I think, you know, the minimum is much less than that. Then that's uh, usually a good route. So when people have things set up, um, their businesses and they're looking to come over here for that reason, I think that's a great way to do it. And yeah, I, the in, golden visa is minimum 350,000 euro investment up to 500,000, depending on the location that's usually, you know, related to property, buying property. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely an option as well and works great for yeah people with those means. But the good news is that Portugal offers these different options. It's very um, open and I think quite transparent about wanting to bring other countries, you know, folks in. Um, there's also some tax opportunities as well for foreign income and, and things like that. And, um, you know, five years here and you can apply for citizenship, you can get dual citizenship. So there's really a lot of reasons why people come and want to move here. And so what's been interesting to me is, like we talked about at the beginning, I came here for completely personal reasons, just love the country, love the people, all that stuff. Found a great job here, came over and was, uh, you know, uh, kind of a casualty in, in the job market for, for COVID in last October. And then be able, was able to take that opportunity to really focus in on expat empire full time that I've been doing on the side for about three years. And um, now that I'm here and building the business here, it's also a great spot to be because so many people are hearing about Portugal if they haven't already or coming to visit, really falling in love with the place. And it's quite open to you know people in all different situations and backgrounds to be able to come here. Yeah, I've been looking into the opportunities there for myself for personal reasons and right. i'm on some of the forums like the reddit forums and uh, various other places and uh, there's a bit of crossover with the fire community the financial mm -hmm. independence retire early for right. anybody who hasn't heard of that fire is uh, the acronym a lot of americans who have fired as they say um <laughs> move to portugal because they they've got a decent income coming in they sell their um, property in the US, buy a uh, property in Portugal, get the visa, and then they can live really well yeah. with what they've accumulated in the US and move completely to Portugal. And some of them haven't even been to Portugal, which I find yeah. incredible. You know, they just move yeah, without even sure. visiting the first time. So, well, that's what I, they I say. Do, I do too. I do too. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm always kind of, from a personal standpoint, kind of amazed that and yeah. people will make such a big life decision on <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. on that kind of um that kind of situation but on the other hand i suppose if everyone says it's good if it's got these benefits if it's open mm. to people in that situation and the reality is that if you find out that you hate it hopefully hopefully you don't most people don't but if they find out that you hate it then there's uh, plenty of other you know country options out there at least you've made the first mm. step into being abroad and maybe even here in the eu which might make it easier if you want to move within the eu perhaps of course having to find again the country that would enable you to uh to live off of that foreign income or whatever the situation is but um but yeah it's it's interesting i mean uh, yeah on a business level it's it's great when you know people are willing to make make the jump but for me personally and as someone who's you know traveled a lot it's definitely important for me to have been somewhere before I decide to uh, to go all the way in and, and make the move. Yeah, but you make a good point about at least you've got in the mindset of making the move. You're already in Europe. And if you did hate it, well, 
you're still one step closer to going somewhere else. Now, I, yeah. I've never really heard of anybody saying they hate Portugal. I've heard about yeah. plenty of other places, <laughs> but I don't, <laughs> I don't think I've heard that. So with the business, do you have a long-term plan or is it uh, you're, you're, you're still finding your feet at the moment and you're going to see how, how things go? Or are you one of these people that has already <laughs> visualized in five years' time, it's going to be a $10 million company? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually say I'm I'm not on the the sort of five year ten million dollar plan. I mean that sounds great in five years if I could, yeah. I, I suppose that would be the better way to start visualizing now for yeah. for this big riches coming down the path. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, because I would just you know as an employee uh, over the years and well, interviewing for jobs, <clears throat> so many times I got this question of where do you see yourself in five years and. I could never figure out a good answer to it. And frankly, whatever I said would never end up coming true. And mm-hmm. um, yep. I feel like, yeah, life changes so quickly. So I, I guess as far as my goals, what I decided when I was starting out on this full time and really going and trying to invest in the business, because, you know, you, you have to kind of invest first and make those investments of time and, and money and energy to be able to hopefully, uh, you know, reap some rewards, I guess you could say at the end of further down the path, I decided yep. that I would commit myself to working on this, you know, with my, my whole, you know, energy, my whole vision and everything for the next year. So, you know, that was 20 for 2021, let's say, mm. and, um, kind of see where, where I'm at coming out of that. I mean, so far things are looking very positive. I don't expect uh, to end up deciding not to do it. But I guess that's a bit as far as I had kind of come to and I had some revenue goals in mind and things like that. So making good progress and good track on those things. And the reason that I decided to do it was not only because I'm really passionate about living abroad and I want to help other people do the same that are also kind of trying to figure out their their course and really they're, they're looking for sort of someone to help them through the process. But also because even though I've worked in all of these jobs in different countries in Japan and Germany and Portugal, and even though I've had roles in there where I was working from home a lot or, you know, and that for me was also at times going to different countries. When I was living in Berlin, I was going to maybe a country a month and just staying for a week, for example, and just kind of enjoying the time outside of the work hours to see the city or, or go to another city. Um, even though I did all those things, what I realized is that I didn't like the fact that I was having to rely on the company to continue to sponsor me, that I was having to manage all of the politics, obviously, of having a boss, of having a corporate hierarchy of some sort. Um, I was working on products as a product manager that I wasn't that passionate about. And this is, yeah, for me, basically taking that knowledge and being able to apply it to something that I am passionate about, being able to decide my hours decide where I'm working from today or tomorrow, um, sponsoring myself until I have that dual citizenship that I'm working toward here in Portugal. And it's just kind of the route toward more freedom for me. And I guess, yeah, I started my career in the United States and I was always really interested in being abroad. And I was also in investment banking at the time, really hated that. Um, that was pretty horrible. And I then changed to product management. Then I uh, started going abroad. Then I found, again, more remote roles like I talked about. And now it's like the next step is to be my own boss, uh, to manage a team, to be able to own the product in a true way, not just in a, you know, quote unquote, own the product 
product manager way, but the CEO still makes all the shots. So yeah, I think it's just the next step for me toward even more of, you know, in my mind or in my goals, a sense of freedom. So that's kind of, yeah, I guess the big picture as to why I'm doing it and what the plan is so far. So yeah, I kind of make quarterly goals and I'm working toward my annual goals, like I mentioned, and then we'll see, kind of see where it goes from there, but so far so good. Yeah. I think these days, um, we can, especially in the COVID times and everything else that's going on, it's pretty hard to predict five years down, down the road. And I think quarterly goals is a great thing to do. Um, but it's a, yeah, it's, it's a good way to look at it. Um, what you're doing at the moment. Um, I think, I think as well, just on that, um, that point is like, it's especially hard in these COVID times when your business also relates to helping people to move abroad. Um, yeah, just, for, you know, many sure. people might ask, well, why would you start that business? But I actually thought it was a great time to focus in on it. And again, I've been doing right. it kind of in different form and fashion over the, the last couple of years, but I thought it was a great time because it was the, it was a chance to set myself up for what I hope is the coming wave of people going abroad, whether moving full, you know, long term or become digital nomads, and um, to do you know build more awareness, do some marketing, obviously build more of the website or services, get clear about that, get better at sales, build the team, um, you know, scale as much as we can from kind of a template and product um, man- manuals. Basically, I use manuals and try to really set up as much automation in the company as I can. Um, so all of those pieces is really why what I've been working on. And um, yeah, hopefully you know, riding this coming wave that at least I'm expecting, we'll see what happens. But now is a big question as to indeed, you know, how the how things will change and at what pace, I guess, uh, you know, some things have taken a little longer than expected. And obviously there's so much governmental um, you know, legislation and regulation and things that are in in the way or not, I shouldn't say in the way, but, you know, just kind of at play in terms of how, how things go from here. So I think it's, um, it's a good time to be building this, but at the same time, we'll just have to see how it goes. And, and it, it is hard to make plans around that because I don't even have a baseline for the company pre COVID. So I don't know what yeah. it was, what it would have been like. Now I'm just kind of learning as as we're writing this thing out well you're ahead of the curve the people that do difficult things and difficult times you know are ahead of everybody else that waits till it's easy so you know <laughs> yeah, this is that's, something that's what i'm crossing your... my fingers about <laughs> i know you're doing podcasts what else is right. on the cards yeah it's been interesting i've tried to focus more on really as much as i can on the organic uh, growth i haven't spent anything on paid ads yet i know that's out there as a possibility in the future so we'll we'll see uh, when I might try to tap into that. But it's been a process of trying to basically get, I guess, me as kind of the, the face of the company, if you will. Um, but of course, the brand ultimately um, onto as many platforms as possible. So, for example, in May, we released our first two online courses and it's on Udemy as well as Skillshare. And, um, you know, I have even add on Fiverr, for example, just to get in front of people that are searching there. Um, the podcast, like you mentioned, uh, also kind of focusing in more on our YouTube channel since April. And that's, you know, largely there's some additional videos there, but it's largely stuff from the podcast. So deciding to go continuing to do the podcast, but also to record video. 
which was a big step for me, to be honest. Maybe it sounds, you know, easy to people listening out there, but it's a big difference when you're, you know, putting your face on the camera and you have to figure out where to look and, uh, you know, keep the conversation going. It's, it's yeah. a challenge, as I know that you know as it's a host. Huge. And, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. It's a completely <laughs> it's a, different It's game. a big difference, you know, and, yeah. and the whole yeah. production process is very different. Yeah. So once I had gotten this great production flow down for audio, then it was like, all right, I guess we're going to, you know, kind of dig dig this one up again and sort of figure out I had to, you know, find a video editor and figure out just what the process would be. And now the audio is different from the, the video versions and all this yeah. stuff. So, yeah, there's just a lot that came with that. So those are all kind of some examples of different things. I also have released two books. And so those are on the on Amazon and different ebook stores, blogs as well. So just basically trying to get out there. We also have a meetup group here in Porto. So, I mean, that's very yeah. local. And that's more a chance for me to uh, to meet people in the area as, as a newbie here in the midst of coronavirus. So, yeah, it you know, it's a lot of different stuff. And I think that kind of we're at least trying to be present in most places where people are searching. But mm. um yeah, we'll yeah, you'll cover all the bases. Yeah, yeah. Some some people to like to out. read. Some people like to exactly. listen to podcasts. Some people want to meet you in person. So you gotta, if you have the resources, you've yeah, you've got to try and meet people wherever they are. So exactly, they prefer to be. Yeah, especially um, as you try to grow the site and try to grow. Yeah, just try to grow awareness. But I think yeah. you know it'll be a process of, and it has been a continued process of iteration and also looking at where we're getting traction, where we aren't, and then dub trying to mm. double down in those places where it's going well and maybe reduce, um, if not cut, our focus on areas that aren't. So, yeah, it's, it's, it'll, it'll be ever-evolving, I think. I always try to ask people what their favorite destination is and what their dream future destination is, somewhere they've mm. never been, but uh, somewhere they'd like to visit. So do you have... Mm both of those <laughs> well actually the one that comes even quicker and you brought it up earlier in the conversation is georgia uh that's a right. place that we have not uh, my wife and i have not been but it's been on our list for a while mostly because of the at least what we've eaten the georgian food is like incredible so <laughs> for uh we definitely want to visit there i also had a co-worker um at a job in berlin that was based you know was from there based in in georgia and would love to just see see the country and you know that's one of we keep talking about when are we going to go when are we going to go and hopefully we'll get a chance to you know definitely within the next year um to try to give an answer i mean outside of japan which is my you know my my main spot um mm. besides japan i would say one place that i've really loved visiting is budapest and right. i yeah i, I just Really love the city. I thought it was so cool um, that uh, I've ended up spending two full, like one week trips in the in the city, uh, one with a friend and then one with my wife. And both times, you know, like for me to spend a week somewhere without, of course, doing any work and just really a vacation and seeing different things and and maintaining my interest, not going to another city. Um, in the midst of that or anything is kind of rare. I mean, maybe one 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 week trip is not uncommon, but two one one week trips is uh, is a little uncommon for me. So that's just a place where I feel like there's just so much cool stuff to see, you know, great food, the uh, the baths and all that stuff. Lots yeah. of sights, a lot of energy. Uh, it's just it's just a fun spot. So I, it's I a wonderful that. city. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Really special place. I absolutely love it possibly even go and live there for a while in the future. Um, yeah, why not? 
Yeah, definitely. yeah. If you can, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks very much, David. I will put links to everything we've we've talked about and the business and things like that. People can go to expatempire.com and they find you from from there because you've got like links to your social medias and everything else there. So 